Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Participating in our conversation is Father Peter Fink, who is on staff at Ignatius House, and Tara LaBeouf, our Director of Development and Communication. Our topic this evening is finding joy in nature. Many of us who have been sheltering in place at home have found more time to take walks in our neighborhood and have been more aware of the beauty of God's creation all around us. Um, Father Peter's going to take the lead with some opening remarks, but I've asked Tara to first open us with a prayer. Thank you, Andy. Um, I'm about to share a prayer that was written by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, inspired by Laudato Si, written, of course, by Pope Francis, his encyclical on care for our common home that marks its fifth anniversary this month. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father of all, creator and ruler of the universe, you entrusted your world to us as a gift. Help us to care for it and all people that we may live in right relationship with you, with ourselves, with one another, and with creation. Christ our Lord, both divine and human, you lived among us and died for our sins. Help us to imitate your love for the human family by recognizing that we are all connected to our brothers and sisters around the world, to those in poverty impacted by environmental devastation, and to future generations. Holy Spirit, giver of wisdom and love, you breathe life in us and guide us. Help us to live according to your vision, stirring to action the hearts of all, individuals and families, communities of faith, and civil and political leaders. Triune God, Help us to hear the cry of those in poverty and the cry of the earth so that we may together care for our common home. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, greetings, everyone. Uh, my name is Father Peter Fink, as I said. I'm on the staff of Ignatius House. But, you know, Ignatius House is a place of silence, a place of prayer, and 20 acres of glorious nature trees, flowers, many creatures, descendants from Noah's Ark, you know. Well, today I want to speak of joy and nature. I'll probably be wearing my camping suit, however, but uh, I'll be formal tonight. But joy and nature, joy in nature, I-N, and joy from nature. But let me begin with a story. Two people are sitting on a porch watching the grass grow. For one, the term watching the grass, grass grow is a euphemism, a word that captures the everyday boredom of his life. He can see nothing more than the grass. The grass is there and he is here. And not much enters into his mind, his imagination, his heart. Now the other person, is fascinated by the grass. First of all, it is alive. And at each moment, the grass is different from the way it was before. 
What a wonder how new life rises up from the way, right before you. And within those living blades, there are many creatures who live and thrive in the grass around them. Some are just doing their own thing, like, like ants. Some are in the world of pollinization, sowing the seeds of life in other species as well. Some might be dangerous, a snake, a mosquito, a wasp. But these two are alive to be respected and admired. Well, the key to the second person is a sense of wonder and an admiration of life all around us. The first person has no imagination at all, or at least he is not attentive to it. The second is able to see and hear and feel that life in abundance and how we human beings share in the mystery of life. That's all of us. Let's take a clue from the second and let our mind and heart be open to the wonder around us. Let me speak first of all about the joy in nature. This is something that is hard to do when we're held in shelter in place by this COVID-19 virus. But if we can look beyond the threat, eager to touch nature again, the heart of waiting to rejoice in the life that is around us. Well, in the meantime, plant some seeds in your garden and watch them grow. Give a lawn, give your lawn a, a, a haircut, you know, <clears throat> which when the when the when the grass grows too big. Watch your kids capture lightning bugs and put them in a jar. Keep looking for life all around us and seek the joy that it has to offer. You know, sometimes I joke that the world doesn't like us anymore, where us happens to be the human race. We violate nature, don't we? Pope Francis is trying to awaken in us a love for all that is our common home. But that only if we can see in our common home a source of joy there for us to receive and to explore. You know, in pre-COVID times, I have found myself exploring and enjoying nature in our Georgia State Parks. Red Top Mountain is my favorite. Though I have wandered through Tougaloo, Fort Yargo, and Sweetwater, and also I'm a beach bum. I was invited to Hawaii a long time ago on a sabbatical from the seminary where I was teaching. At first, it was a task to be a theologian in residence for the Windward Coalition of Churches. But then it became a friendship where the couple who invited me later became almost like surrogate parents. On their 50th anniversary, I presided at the celebration in downtown Honolulu. In the more than 20 times on the various islands, I found joy in the mountain trails, the waterfalls, the marvelous flowers, the rainbow-like birds, and of course, the beaches, white, red, and black. And the people 
The people were very wonderful. They too are part of nature. We should always remember that, that we are part of nature. Well, when after the death of my Hawaiian friends, I no longer trekked that far from the East Coast, I explored the islands of the Caribbean, Aruba, Puerto Rico, St. Martin, Jamaica. But really, it doesn't matter where. What matters is the willingness to see and hear and enjoy the wonder of the world around you. I remember a friend of mine who joined me in Hawaii in the shower screaming because there was a gecko staring him in the face. He didn't realize that the creature was there only interested in bugs and he thought it was ready to attack. He was like the first man on the porch. He didn't have a great deal of imagination. But anyway, open your heart and mind and your imagination and just see the world as you, around you and begin to see it as you've never seen it before. As I say, that's where you find joy unimaginable. Some things in nature can be threatening. Yes, keep far away from them if you can. But even these are to be admired and respected. Well, anyway, that's joy in nature. What about joy from nature? What does your experience of nature do to your mind and heart? I can tell you some of the things that have happened to me, but you will have to name what has happened to you or what might happen to you. Years ago, I gave a homily, an Easter homily, which began with the statement, I'm going to the beach. I mentioned that whenever I get anxious or closed in or stressed out, going to the beach is my cure. Beaches, of course, are for swimming. I do know some folks who simply walk the beach, but for me, the real joy is in the water. There is a wonderful image that Carl Rana used when he tried to imagine the mystery of God and the mystery of our human creation. He spoke of everything that we know being on a floating island where the sea that held it up is the mystery of God. Most people stay away from the shore. Some come, but they walk up to the shore and run back. A few put their feet in it, and a rare few dive in and went about swimming. Well, on retreat once while swimming in the waters off the Puerto Rican island of Culebra, I found myself floating in the mystery of God. Carl Rana's image unfolded right before me. It was such a joyous experience that enriched me then and now, and of course ended up in my Easter homily. Another image from the beach was Augustine pondering the mystery of the Trinity on the beach. He saw a young boy taking water from the ocean and pouring it into the hole he had made on the beach. Augustine said, what are you doing? He said, I'm putting the ocean into this hole on the beach. But Augustine said, that's impossible. Uh, and the young boy said, and so are your efforts to understand the Trinity. A great image for this budding theologian, and that entered into my homily as well. A final joy came to me from the ending of the film, Longtime Companion. You know, in the film, we spent lots of time watching many people dying in those early days of AIDS. You really love them, you know, and you miss them. 
Well, in the final scene, three friends are walking on the beach when over the dunes came all those folks who had died. What a joyful moment and a great image that death is not the end of things. Love and friendship is. So joy on the beach, joy from the beach. These are my great moments of joy in the nature. What and where are yours? Well, I'll ask now Tara to give me what and where are hers. Thank you, Father Peter. Well, I think uh, like you, I find a lot of joy and clarity in nature, um, whether it's just a hike alone, the fresh morning air, or letting myself be mesmerized at 30,000 feet in an airplane, kind of looking out the window at the patterns of the land. I remember one time a flight, I think it was between Phoenix and Chicago in the winter and somewhere over the Midwest, um, I noticed the snowy ground, but that the rivers and the water patterns in the land were dark. They were like these dark little ribbons creeping around in the snowy plains. And I kind of looked at this pattern from way up high and just found myself captivated by it for a while. And then I looked more closely at the plexiglass window pane, you know, on the airplane. And I noticed this little frost icicles around the bottom of the window and how those patterns of frost look like the same patterns of the dark ribbons and creeks of water in the land down below. And I just thought, how extraordinary is that, that something as tiny and minuscule as frost on a windowpane can replicate and mirror the same patterns I'm seeing down below on miles and miles of water. So, I mean, I that's what I find most captivating about nature. Just there's always something little or big that surprises me. Um, I kind of think of nature like God's candy. It's really, really easy to like. You know, everyone likes candy. It's easily captivating. It's an easy invitation into discovering more about our one unifying creator. Um, but if we only sort of see what's on the surface and we don't pause and think more deeply, we would remain malnourished, right? We'd be on just a, a sugar high and eventually that sugar high from candy is gonna crash. So I just, I feel like nature is God's easy call to draw us all in. He's like out there on the corner, you know, on the curb with a, with a spinning sign saying, hey, look over here, good deal this way. Um, Trying to get your attention. You know, that's, that's God calling us to pause and think a little more deeply about our lives. And, and through the Jesuits, I'm learning now that, you know, how to think beyond that, look beyond that, and see where God is truly in all things, whether it's good moments or bad, a really cold wind, or um, a warm, the warm sunshine. So you said something earlier, Father Peter, about being buoyed by water that was very, very poetic. And it reminds me of a poem I read recently, just a couple of days ago, actually, um, the fact that I came across this and you read those words feel more than coincidental, but the poem is by Joseph Grant. And an excerpt is, we are all capable of floating and sinking. We can choose to swim in the shallows or strike out for the depths. However storm tossed the surface of our lives may be, there are slower currents in the deep. Consider the invitation to slow down seek out connection, and be sustained by depth, especially in the most disturbing tides of our times. 
And I found that so remarkable because, wow, you know, poignant for a lot of reasons, but that notion of being buoyed by the depth, that there's a reason to go there. It's calmer and um, there's something to be gained. Tara, um, you know, you, I just love the, um, both, actually both you and Peter talked about this playfulness of, uh, this playfulness of God's um, creation. And, you know, as everyone knows, I'm very much in the perspective of a parent of um, young children, uh, particularly a three-year-old um, who just this morning um, woke up and said, can we go outside and say hello to a ladybug? <laughs> um, just so cool, you know, and, and, you know, Peter, you said, you know, we are part of nature. And I think, um, you know, children, they're just so in sync with nature. They're not exploiting it. They're just enjoying it. They're just a part of it. Um, it's just so natural for them to have that wonder. And so I appreciated the kind of the lightness and the humor that you that you brought to it. I do want to share one comment that came up on, on Facebook from, um, from Kathy Marie. Um, she says, I walk on my lunch break and every evening looking for the beauty in nature, takes my mind off the day, brings me peace, and proves the existence of God daily. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. One of my favorite things to do, you know, Peter, you mentioned going to the beach when you're anxious. For me, it's just kind of a walk here on one of the trails by the Chattahoochee River. We're so fortunate to have that in Atlanta. And there are so many entrance points onto river access and trails. Um, I'm fortunate to kind of live by one of them that I can walk to. And there's this point on the trail where it looks like you're hitting a dead end. And quite honestly, you are. But if you climb up on this rock, which is fairly easy to climb up onto, you can dangle your legs over and you're maybe a story and a half above the river and you're looking out over this curve. And I love that spot. And I love that it's sort of this beautiful kind of hidden gem at the end of what appears to be a dead end and it's not and it's my favorite spot to sit and pray and i i love to go there when it's quiet and the trails are quiet and just say a prayer um quite honestly kind of think of saint francis who um probably one of our catholic saints that is the best beacon of appreciating creation in all forms um I, Franciscan spirituality, which I think dovetails quite nicely with Jesuit spirituality, uh, really has helped me in my life with my focus, with my appreciation for moments that aren't perfect, for my ability to kind of embrace and appreciate people who challenge me. Um, what I love about St. Francis is that he did see God in all things. He saw God in the weeds and the wildflowers, you know, the leper the leper and the man and the woman who were his neighbor. Um, and they all had value. They all had purpose and a place and something to contribute. And um, he just kind of reminded me that there are things to learn from, from appreciating that we all have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I once had a, I was teaching in New York, a group of seniors and I was teaching them religion and this one day I asked them just to go walk around the block. Because this is a group of kids that would come into New York uh, from New Jersey, Long Island. They would come from the subways to the school and pass over everything. 
And I just asked them to walk around the block and see what they could find. And it was fascinating. When they all came back, we sat for an hour and a half talking about what they had seen. And it was really amazing because of the fact that so often we spend most of our lives walking past life. Like that, like the first person in my story, you know, uh, life goes on and I'm here and I'm going. Rather than stopping and looking and saying, there's something marvelous going on here. And unless you do that, you'll never be able to see the beauty that each person is. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I love about nature is the fact that it is beautiful. And one of the characteristics we say about God is that the one, the good, the true, the true, and the beautiful. And we've tended to neglect the beautiful. Uh, Hans von Balthasar kind of spent a lot of time discussing the, the beauty of things. But, uh, but to realize that when we just appreciate beauty, we are appreciating not just something that God gave us, but we are appreciating God himself within the nature itself. Yeah, it's something we really have to kind of uh, just be open to, and it's amazing. Right? Be, just open your eyes. Yeah. I think back to a, a time on a retreat at the uh, Jesuit Retreat Center in Guelph, Ontario. I was there for a week, and um, I was actually reading and praying with some of the uh, gospel passages that where Jesus mentions nature and agriculture. And uh, I was looking at the passage of the, um, you know, the the weeds and the wheat and so on, and you can't. You can't, you know, pull out the weeds because you're going to destroy the wheat. Um, and this, the retreat center is an active farm, and retreatants have the opportunity to go out and help in the farm. And so I helped harvest some carrots. And as I was pulling up the carrots, I, I realized there's all these weeds caught up uh, alongside them in the dirt, you know, and that when you pull up one, you're pulling up the other. And all of a sudden, Jesus is... Um, metaphor uh, made sense, you know, and so this just, you know, I, I think of like creation is 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 the primary language of God, um, and, and and that sometimes, I mean, even for non-religious people, right, they have moments of transcendence in that right. beauty of nature in an in in encounter, and um, I think that's mm -hmm. one of the primary places people encounter God. Um, and I just want to, I just want to share also another, um, comment from, from someone, uh, from Tessie on Facebook. She says, I wake up every morning with the sun on my face and birds chirping near my window. I think it's just that it's that kind of noticing of God's right. goodness right before your eyes. That's just yeah. surprises, you know? One of the things I had to do being here and, and being held in place for so long, uh, you know, I, I, you can just go so far up to Decatur Square and back again. But I had to go up to the retreat house one day when we were doing the, uh, the blessing for the columbarium. And uh, after that, I got in the car and I went up to Red Top Mountain. And I was on the, on, on the lake, on the trails, and the people on the water. And when I came back, I said to Jonathan, who teaches at Cristo Rey, I said, now I know why your students aren't paying much attention to your learning online. They're up at the lake, <laughs> enjoying themselves. Yeah. That's funny. I'm, I'm fairly new 
to Georgia and I, um, I've been here about five years, but I'm still exploring the state and I'd love to hear others share maybe what is their favorite spot or their definitely don't miss spot in Georgia. Um, I've heard a lot about Lake Lanier. I've peeked around one kind of corner of that lake. Um, I've poked into Helen and saw a little bit of that area of uh, North Georgia, but there's so much more to explore. Now, did you have some pictures that you were supposed to show us? I do have some photos that I showed I, with Andy. I've been showing a couple on the screen. I showed a few oh, earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tara is an amazing photographer. Well, thank you. That's too kind. Um, when I travel, I love to travel. I think that's something we a lot of us share. Um, I find myself just wanting to capture as many of those moments as I can the surprising differences between terrain, you know, whether it's the Southwest or the Midwest or the Canadian Rockies um, or something entirely different, um, the rivers and lakes of the South, there is a purpose and a, and a difference and a uniqueness to each landscape. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, the Midwest is so flat and boring, but you know, under that soil, it's some of the most magnesium rich soil. It's truly the most fertile land in, in the world, it's just remarkable. In the desert, Nevada and Arizona, it's fairly arid. Um, a lot of rocks and bare rocks, um, but there's such color just, just in the soil, soil. and, and amazing minerals in the soil. Um, in yeah, fact, really important minerals that support the telecommunication and the little components, whether it's silver connections on a motherboard or um, the sand and the glass that go into a display on a smartphone. These things that we're creating from nature that are helping us, you know, stay connected. And so I, I look at that as kind of one of those surprising ahas from nature that as awful as this pandemic is, how fortunate that it's happening during this age when we can stay in touch in so many different ways through something like Facebook Live or, you know, chatting on our phones or texting or just calling cross country, which is no longer a long distance fee. Some of us remember the age when there were long distance charges for telephone calls. It's just, it's remarkable. Um, nature inspires more creation. You know, Peter knows a lot of the good places in Georgia, um, but but you know, certainly in these days of, of uh, you know self isolation and so on, uh, we've been getting out, especially with the kids, just to local parks, and we just discovered some real hidden gems, um, quiet places. You know, with a, with just a, a creek and a few walking trails, or a little bit of a patch of grass, and it's just. Um, just a wonderful place to just sit and to pray or to read or to just, you know, be. You know, I love it up at the retreat house when people are making retreats. Um, so frequently they follow the trails and so frequently they go down to the river. And, and it's amazing how they are startled by all the life that they find there. You know, whether it be the deer or the the, the, the squirrels, the, the you name it, they, you know. But it's amazing how people find God in the uh, the world that lies before them. And, and I think what's interesting is that, that it's not so much the world that lies before them, but it's the first time they've taken the time to notice. And I really think that that's the most important thing for any of us. It's, it's so easy for me to fall into that pattern of, you know, closing down my imagination. 
and saying, you know, when you close down your imagination, then you're like the guy who just sees the grass grow and uh, as opposed to see the one the grass growing. I want to share just um, another comment from um, uh, someone in uh, Manila. Uh, is it Ate? Ate? Um, she says that the lockdown in Manila made her go back to biking. Um, she says, behind the mask, I'm smiling because of the <laughs> simple joy of empty streets and the slowing down of activities. That's definitely something I've noticed as I said, when we go to these little neighborhood parks and hidden, hidden away places that it's just, it's quieter. Although this time has brought people out more. I think they've, they've right. taken advantage of that. Yeah. And in my neighborhood, I've noticed that at 4 PM it's, um, quite busy on the streets. A lot of people are walking, hiking, biking, pushing strollers. I mean, four to five thirty, it's almost like everyone's out. And it, uh, if you've ever traveled to, to Spain or a Latin American country, you'll notice that um, that's one thing you find people are out and about in the evening, walking all ages. And I, I've always loved that about the Spanish culture. And I feel like I'm seeing that happen here a little bit right now. Um, we're crawling out of our nests and walking around. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think the only thing I would kind of want to say to, to, you know, to, to as a step forward is to each day you go out, just say, I want to look at something today that I haven't looked at before. And I want to find out what wonders are in that, whether it be a flower, a tree, a person, anything. Just to start off the day by saying, I want to find something today and see it for the first time. That's that famous line, I guess, T.S. Eliot, to see, we, we come back to the place where we started and see it as if for the first time, you know. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, before we conclude, you know, there's a one book that came to mind um, that I came across called The Art of Noticing. And I was actually reading it when I was making a retreat at Ignatius House. Um, and it gives these just wonderful little exercises just to notice more. Um, I think that's really what the spiritual life is about, is, is noticing and seeing and so on. And just exercises like you suggested, Peter, of, of seeing something you haven't seen before. Or just taking time and staring at a tree or a leaf for 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, um, just these little things. Mm. So thank you. And thank you, Tara, for uh, sharing some of those uh, photos that um, folks on the uh, Facebook live feed uh, have been able to see. Appreciate that. Sure. I'm happy thank to. you all. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you all. It's uh, um, Ignatius House is a wonderful place and, and we are having a limited um, reopening in, in June. You can learn more about that um, at, our, uh, at our website. So again, thanks for joining us. Um, please join us next week when Ignatius House Executive Director Maria Kressler joins me with her husband, John, as we discuss finding joy in marriage. Keep connected to all our upcoming offerings, virtual and in person at ignatiushouse.org. Um, check out the podcast and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.